Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Patrick down. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. A beautiful... Tuesday evening, the weather's finally getting warmer again here in Phoenix, Arizona for the Greg DeMarco Show. The date, by the way, is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. Always important for historical purposes. My name is Greg DeMarco at Greg DeMarco 44. With us, as always, or as usual, because you know, nothing is always in this world, is the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. And you can follow him on the Twitter, and you should. You should join folks like myself as well as the copious bots with fake handles and in the top 0.9% of their OnlyFans fandom. I don't even know what that world is called. Go follow him at Wrestling at Wrestling Realist. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T because there's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Uh, I've lost some followers. I've lost some bots. No. Yeah, I think uh, Elon finally came like through. Elon's cracking down on the bots. Though, though you know, lovely Ann Taylor Snow. Actually, she might be a real person. That's a real <laughs> human being. Damn it. Damn it. That's disappointing. Always hate to see a real person. It's It's disappointing. I've got... These are real people. Wow. Elon's doing Wait, his Geraldine job. here. Geraldine, Geraldine 27. Nope. No, that's a real person too. Damn it. All right. Well, I got that not going for me. I'm down to 466 followers, Greg. Hashtag yes, Patrick 500 took a serious hit. What were you at? You were at like 470 something? I was in the I was up into the 80s with the bots. The bots Ooh. were helping me. I was I was making a move. And then the move ended. Movement is over. So go follow. Go follow the wrestling earl Patrick O'Dowd. If That's you right. know of any bots, the bots too. Have gone. If you know of any bots that can follow Patrick O'Dowd, also advise them to follow Patrick O'Dowd. I've gone down a little bit too. I've gone down more that's, than that's you. That's so far. Well, you just you just make people angry though. Um, I do, all do the time. that. So it could I... it could just be that you lost followers. There's I've gone down by a couple hundred, so I think those are bots because I've been on there. A lot yeah, there. yeah. And so, but what's funny is that yeah, every week I t- I notice somebody I'm like, why can't I see this tweet? And you just hit the reply and see who's in it and click on their thing. Be like, oh, they blocked me. I don't even know who these people are usually. Like, but typically right. somewhere in their profile picture or their header picture, which isn't blocked, is some reference to AEW. Typically, right. is what it is. Um, and that's just par for the course i guess yeah you can't you can't be um you can't be critical of the AEW, dis- Greg. You haven't learned that yet? It. i don't like I'm i know you don't real you're the other thing we got to talk about is ariel hawani tony content that's the other thing we got to talk about besides who okay, Sammy Zane okay who is this person who is who like who? ariel whatever ariel hawani is an mma journalist he and he pulls no punches. He actually, he actually lives in like Montreal. That's why he was there. Um, 
He's very entertaining when he goes on shows. He goes on Pat McAfee show. He goes on other shows. Dana White basically banned him from covering UFC events, like took away his, his UFC press pass because he kind of tells it how it is. He calls it, he's a, if he thinks that fighters aren't getting paid enough, he'll talk about that. And he said a lot of things that Dana White doesn't like. Not that those things are bad, but they just go against the UFC agenda, the UFC narrative. And so he got banned from that. He did the infamous interview with Triple H last year around Clash of the Castle, which is a very good interview. And and people got mad. Their big criticism, he, he didn't ask enough questions about Vince McMahon. Because this was right after the whole Vince thing. Then a couple weeks later, he did the interview with Tony Khan. And that was the infamous interview where he's asking Tony Khan about the all-out brawl, about brawl out. And Tony Khan continues to say, I appreciate you asking the question, but I cannot answer. Oh, th- thank you for so uh, much for the okay. question, but I cannot answer that. And, and Ariel came out and he said it was the worst interview he's ever done, the most difficult interview he's ever done. And, and for some reason, we're just going to talk about this topic now. So he shows up on Friday yeah. Night SmackDown. He's in the audience um, in Montreal. Has his little thing. Does, and they show like there. a photo of him or something? No, he's there. He's physically there in the like crowd. like part of the show? With a microphone. Talking to the different Oh, universe. okay, okay. Yeah. Um, does a little spot. Talks about Elimination Chamber, Sami Zayn, Montreal, all that stuff, right? That's it. And Tony Khan tweets at him, calling him like a, a like not a credible journalist. Said he's a, a, as credible as Tony Schiavone. You know, calls him a fraud. That's what he does. Which, why would you, why would you... Um... Tony Schiavone? I think he's. I think like some why? of it was in jest. I really do, but because obviously, and and Tony Schiavone, they oh, use yeah. him as a journalist, and I'm pretty sure that's things right. that like Chris Jericho and Britt Baker have said to Tony Schiavone on AEW program. Okay, it's probably where that comes from. But okay, so he does that, and Ariel Hawani comes back at him and says, you know, oh, good to hear from you again, old friend. Can't wait to see you and blah blah blah. And then a parenthesis like, don't listen to him, Tony. You're a great broad. He says, don't listen to the snowman. You're a great broadcaster, blah, blah, blah. And that right. pissed everyone off because now he's making a reference to Tony Khan's alleged cocaine habits. And uh, if you okay, listen to okay. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to 83 weeks yet. No, I've no. got like, Here's I've gotten the, past the ads in the introduction. The problem with 83 weeks now is half the show is talking about the bloodline angle every single week and not about the purpose of the program. And because I really think Conrad wants to give his opinions on pro wrestling and that's like his outlet to do so. So he talks about this and he's going after Ariel Helwani because he's called, he's making a reference to Tony Khan and his alleged cocaine habit, calling him a snowman, like calling him unprofessional, blah, blah, blah. And, and, Nowhere does he mention the fact that Tony Khan called the man a fraud in the initial tweet. And Tony tweeted at him first. Like, Tony went after him first. Ariel did not tweet anything. Ariel did not say anything. Ariel did not do anything, anything regarding Tony Khan in this instance. Tony instigated the whole thing. Right. Okay. So... So basically, we're back to Tony Khan is a thin-skinned little bitch who he's the child. Like yes, he like he like started the fight, then a guy clapped back at him because you went after his integrity because the guy did a random spot on SmackDown, and that then ends his credibility. When this is the same dude who like sucks Meltzer's dick left and right speaking of great journalists um wait what pot kettle like are we looking at ourselves here like whatever don't 100 percent. like like i don't i making an argument when you have or, or going after someone when you don't have a leg to stand on it is is just the like you kind of reap what you sow and like, like instigating right. a guy to where he's got to call you out, like, and then and then to be like, whoa, whoa, that's that's unfair, you know. Even though you slapped down his shirt, and you're right um, about eighty three weeks in the in the whole Conrad Thompson thing, like 
I think it's the only show where like the co-host will let him talk about it. Right. And entertain. Like yeah. I think, I think, I think Bischoff just indul- is, is much more indulgent to it and is willing to get in the weeds a little more than he should. Um, because I think as much as Bischoff, I think Bischoff likes stirring the shit a little bit too. Um, well, when he just likes having the conversation, like he, he likes, right. he likes talking and uh, inevitably Conrad always fantasy books, whatever he thinks should happen. And, Bischoff tells them right. why it wouldn't work. Like that typically happens on on right. shows. Although this week they were so. In can I can I ask a quick question? Did yes. did so Conrad never mentioned that Con went after, like the Con instigated this in the criticism. He did not. He never said instigated. He just said that Tony Khan tweeted this at Ariel Hawani. This is what Ariel Hawani said in response, and then he criticized Ariel Hawani for his response. He was never critical of Tony Khan doing the initial tweet like basically throwing the being, being being a being a big whiny man baby who snorts and coke. again the only reason oh, tony khan did this was because allegedly showed allegedly up on smackdown yes yeah. the only reason he did this was because ariel hawani showed up on smackdown and that makes him a fraud and, and interviewed and because and interviewed he's obviously paid to be there right he's standing in the, in right. the audience holding a wwe microphone now ariel hawani would later appear at elimination chamber doing the same exact thing the next day in the same building. Right. And, and he has since said on his show, which I haven't listened to, but I heard a clip. He only was there to do SmackDown. They then asked him if he wanted to do elimination chamber the next day, like after SmackDown was over. What's really funny was that apparently Michael Cole backstage told him, wait until you hear how I introduce you. Cause obviously Ariel's going to have an earpiece on. So he knows when to talk. And Michael Cole introduced him as like the man who asks all the tough questions or something like that. Right, right, right. Um, and again, Ariel Hawani was criticized for his Triple H interview and said that he wasn't hard enough on Triple H about Vince. So, but what what was he supposed to ask Triple H about Vince? I, like, I don't know. He didn't what, go into what like what you, what's your opinion of what Vince did. It just you know he didn't go into any of that kind so of. So yeah, so yeah, so I asked him a question that he didn't ask a question that everybody and their brother knew he wouldn't get an answer to. They just wanted him to ask a question. Yes. Because they want to see the person get, and they, and they think it was unfair because he asked a question of. Because then he did ask Tony, Tony about brawl out, and then when Tony said no, he asked it again like three different ways, even asking right. Tony his opinion so, on it, and and Tony kept saying. So Tony, so Tony, so Tony Khan, the man totally in charge of the company where the brawl took place in a backstage segment versus Triple H, who was just working under a guy who abruptly resigned amid scandal. Yes. So there's a difference. Like I, yes. you're smiling because I think you see the difference in in what I would say is really the responsibility of a journalist to ask. Like Triple H didn't fire Vince McMahon. Triple H didn't have anything to do with Vince McMahon's departure in the sense that, um, other than maybe he said, "Yeah, you yeah. should go." What's um, funny is that anyway, Ariel has come out and said he doesn't cover pro wrestling as a journalist. He covers right. it from an entertainment perspective. He has said that recently. He also was covering it for BT Sport, which is now apparently owned by Turner. So right. Tony Khan went after a Turner employee. So, yeah. Oh, well, he's well, a big really, man, baby. Tony Khan was just trying to tweet about Rampage so that people would watch it. That's what he does because, honestly, for Tony Khan – because their their platform, their fan base is built on social media, it actually pays off if he tweets about the shows to try to get people to watch right, them. Right, right. Um, his tweet did like two million views. His program How did show three less than three hundred thousand views because it was one of the worst viewed episodes of Rampage ever because it was on a different time slot. It was at seven p.m. Eastern time because of NBA yep. basketball. But year over year, oh, so it is that time of year. Year over year, it lost a ton of viewers and ratings and whatever. And guess what? You can't say, oh, well, it was a different time slot because this this week last year, also at 7 p.m. because of NBA basketball. So same show, same network, same everything, same different time slot, same different time slot, though, did much worse. Had like a 29% drop in whatever. But again, who knows? I didn't see where it fell for the night any of that kind of stuff, because that's what really matters. So I'm not going to say either way. But that's the big, that was the big to-do about that. Okay. 
So not really worth the amount of time we just spent on it. But I'm so I'm sorry for that. I, no, I wanted to hear your opinions on it because. You know, I, I believe that Tony Khan is a petulant child. I, I've used those words well, before, I just, and those are the words Eric Bischoff used. As, as a dude who has two of the most prominent wrestling quote-unquote journalists is in bed with him, left and right, heaping praise upon every bit of his product on a daily basis, in, in Dave Meltzer and Brian Al- Alvarez, like, like I, I just think it's really silly to cast yeah. stones because you can't own all of the people who, who write about wrestling or something like give me a break, man. Tony Khan Stop will keep winning. Dave over catering. He will keep winning Booker of the year until the fan base turns, um, which is fine. Triple H shouldn't win Booker of the year. He should win storyteller of the year. He's not a booker. He, he's the right, right. He, he's not booking wrestling matches. Tony Khan literally lines up wrestling action figures and has them wrestle each other. Like that's what they do. They don't tell stories. Um, I will say this. Eric Bischoff made a great point when Dave Meltzer came up. He's like, the the Young Bucks, the most prominent tag team in all heat wrestling, literally does a move on the program called the Meltzer Driver. Like, you're, the, the, the man's name is said every time the Young Bucks are on the show. Like, this is... Right. Did they have the move before AEW? Yes. But again, they're still doing it. They're still putting it out there. If they were to go to WWE, that move would be renamed. I guarantee you. Even right. though absolutely like, in like a heartbreak. Michael Cole will call something to the code breaker, even though Jericho's not there. Um Edge and Beth Phoenix won an elimination chamber with what? The Shatter Machine, which is the finishing move for the revival. Now it's called the Big Rig and it's the finishing move for FTR. But he called it the Shatter Machine. And and right. they don't shy away from those things. But I guarantee you they would never call something the Melter Driver. Um, they, they just wouldn't, <laughs> they just never, they would never do that. They might call it the Pritchard plunge. Um, that would be amazing. That would be you know, to go along with the um, plunge. Now we're bringing Ahmed right. Johnson in. Look, you brought Ahmed Johnson in. I just came across these ridiculous pictures of Tiffany Stratton and I'm like, Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Oh big, my big goodness. Star in the making. Big happy, star happy Tiffany Tuesday, everybody. Good God. <laughs> should be a new, uh, new, new thing on the program. That's Tiffany. That's Tuesday. no, that's her post. She posted it. She's like, oh, happy well, she's Tuesday, smart. Tiffany Tuesday. She's going to be a big star. She's going to be a big star. You just yeah. made the list. That's right. Um, anyway, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up a chair shot t-shirt, get it in soft style. Do everything you can to support the, the the product. You know, we 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 benefit from it, but you get a great shirt, a good conversation piece. We got everything: slogans, logos, podcasts, you name it. We've got it. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash a chair shot. Go to commercial. Be right back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. By the way, the day that everyone is listening to this, no, the answer is no. I mean, Carmella, I don't know, man. She's been replaced. Um, we might have to have a talk. Um, AEW's in town the day that everyone's listening. Oh, to oh nice. Here in Phoenix. 
So myself and, and Miranda Morales will be returning to the scene of the crime. Actually, SmackDown was not in the Footprint Center. It was in Glendale. But we will be there, hopefully, cheering on some local talent as well. Um, Adam Cole is in the advertisements, but he is not advertised for a match. If there's not an Adam Cole appearance... Sorry, I'm sorry to hear that, man. They're, they are doing He'll a rampage okay. as well. So... Um, when when Takeover came here, he made an appearance, but there was no Adam Cole baby because he was just walked out with um, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong and never left the stage, and so we never got the Adam Cole baby. I, I all I really want is to get to do Adam Cole baby and and Chris Jericho's theme song. That's it. I'm good with everything yeah. else. The acclaimed will be there. They're gonna match. Hey, right. Do you, do you so, want to yell boom as well? Oh, I would yell boom or whatever it is. He I, I would do boom. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Why, why, why wouldn't I? Well, I don't know. You just said you wanted to yell Adam Cole, baby. It seemed awful. If I had to choose between the two, I could live without Boom. Yeah, but I you could do both because he does both. He does know? do both, yes. I, I don't think he's going to only do one or no, the other. No criticism like, of, of them for totally ripping off his theme song and everything. And But he did Boom and he did Adam Cole, baby, before he was in NXT as well, so it doesn't matter. But... Um, so yep. yes, they will all, all be there and it should be a fun night. Had okay. by all dark dynamite and rampage all in one shot. Uh, I'm just hoping that our IZW talent gets, I know that some of them are there. Hopefully they get some opportunities. And then of course we get to see, see the shows. So it'll be good. But before all that took place, we had the elimination chamber, Sammy Zayn, the hometown hero in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, going one-on-one with the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns in the next chapter of the saga that is the Bloodline and Sami Zayn storyline. And Patrick O'Dowd, the saga continues. It ain't over yet. Sami Zayn loses, despite all the favoritism and pissing off seemingly half of Twitter at least, because they actually thought Sami was going to win. And we were going to get Cody and Sammy at WrestleMania? I don't know what they thought was going to happen. But um, here we are. Jay Uso, Jimmy came out, tried to help Roman win. There was not one, but two ref bumps, by the way. Jimmy came out, tried yes, to help uh, Roman all win. The Jay came out, stopped Roman from obliterating Sammy with a chair. Sammy accidentally spears Jay. Roman spears Sammy. Match is over. Kevin Owens saves Sammy, but we are, they are still not together. And and now we are off to the races with the next chapter, which seems to be Sami Zayn trying to get Kevin Owens into the fold. And and it's just interesting. And I really hope we get some of the good long promos between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Because let's be honest, like right now, Kevin Owens is in the right. I mean, Sami stood there. Oh, yeah, Sammy absolutely. Sami fucked up. Sami low-blowed him at War Games. Sami... Stood there and watched as the bloodline beat the crap out of Kevin Owens before finally stepping in and doing something. And 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 Sammy has has really leveraged the situation and in the face of Kevin Owens and without regard for Kevin Owens. And Sammy's heavily conflicted about this. But you and I both know for the majority of their history, the one doing the fucking was not Sammy Zayn. It was Kevin Owens. This is true. Even their time in WWE, Kevin Owens turned on him the day he showed up in NXT. He literally debuted. It was the opening match. Then at the the final match of TakeOver, Our Evolution. Or no, I think it was Our Evolution. Yeah. Sami Zayn wins the NXT championship. Kevin Owens turns on him on the ramp as they're walking up to celebrate the win. And then the very next takeover, Kevin Owens wins the NXT Championship from, from, from Sami Zayn. They make their way to the main roster, do all of that. But he turned on him in Ring of Honor. He did. Uh, like These two have had years upon years of history. I'm sure there have been other instances of them turning on each other in WWE that aren't coming to mind because they were a team at WrestleMania 34 and they fought against each other at WrestleMania 37. So obviously... There have been other breakups. He's the one who broke up with Chris Jericho when when they had their, right. you know, which, which of course gave us literally a segment of the program. You just made the list. So Sami Zayn can lean on that. 
obviously, because he has welcomed Kevin Owens back far more times than Kevin Owens has welcomed back Sami Zayn. Yeah, I... You, you just kind of laid out all the history there. And, and I, I think that that's one of the best parts of Kevin Owens not, not you know, immediately being like, oh, yay, all's, all's well and we're buddy-buddy again. Uh, because Sam, Sammy's still got a – Sammy was, has never been in, really been in that position before, and now it's really – he's still never been in this position before where he's the guy trying to make make right – Make good right. and he did. on the errors of his He did try to do that during the promo on Raw. He literally, well, on the promo on Raw, was like, Kevin, I think we're beyond talking now. Like, a lot has happened. And 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 good and bad. And, and you know, he's like, I'm sorry. Like, he literally goes into that. Like, he's... It's not like Sammy's not owning Greg, all this crap. Like any other relationship, you know this. Like... If if you get caught cheating on your spouse, even if you say you're sorry and you've moved on and you're repentant, that doesn't mean the right. the other party's ready to forgive you. And Kevin's just not ready to forgive you. You're not, you know, as as you would as you would say, we're not hugging in the center of the ring yet. Correct. In other he's eras, he's got to show it. In other eras, the moment Kevin Owens came back out, they would have been hugging in the center of the ring after elimination. Oh yeah, because that's how that, wrestling it, was done back then. It that I mean, yeah, they're, they're like Not staring even that long at each ago. other. Yeah. Here's oh, the yeah. thing, though. It's I've said this a lot. I've said this on these programs. We had a long conversation once about this with you, myself, and Miranda Morales. In life itself, there are very few people, a minuscule amount, who are either 100% good or 100% bad. Whereas in wrestling, it's typically that. You're, you're either full-on heel or full-on babyface. And Sami Zayn's not 100% good. Kevin Owens not 100% good. Jay Uso, he loves his brother. Jimmy was upset because Jay was calling Sami his brother. Not Jimmy, who's his actual brother. That's, oh, I don't disagree with, with Jimmy on that, right? Roman, Roman has literally sold Sammy. He loved him and welcomed him into his family. Right. And there's a great moment that I didn't catch the first time around and caught it when I had it on again. And then and someone posted about it as well, which reminded me of it. There's a spot during the match at Elimination Chamber where... Roman goes and yells at Sami Zayn's wife and Sami Zayn's wife looks at Roman Reigns and says, he loved you. I mean, that's just so good. Like they use Sami Zayn's wife perfectly in, in all of this. And yes, they didn't overdo it. They didn't underdo it. And Sami giving his wife a kiss, like, like the whole, it was just very well done. The whole thing was very well done, but I still think we're going to get the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the main event of night one of WrestleMania. And I think that will make people happy and they'll get their Sami Zayn moment at WrestleMania in a, in a main event match. I do believe Sami Zayn is a WrestleMania main eventer under this storyline. Kevin Owens is already a WrestleMania main eventer. He did it last year. And the Usos are arguably the greatest tag team in the history of our sport. And if any tag team deserves to main event a WrestleMania, it is the Usos. Right. I, I, they've certainly, as we talked about last week, probably the best tag team of their era. And I think that I don't, I I can already, I can hear. Well, that's the thing is I can hear all those. AEW fans, those who would young AEW? Bucks lovers, those the young bucks. No, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not saying you're 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 assuming. I'm not saying that I believe this to be right. true, Greg. I'm saying that if we, if you were to tweet, the Usos are the greatest tag team of their generation or of their era, it would immediately like you would get pushback with people saying FTR, the Young Bucks, FTR, the Young Bucks. Like, 
you would see like it would happen. It would happen. Those two guys that who are the tag champs in AEW right now? What are they called? Well, now it's the guns because the acclaim just lost. Oh, it's Billy the Gunn's kids. So. Oh, the, ooh, ow, wow. Um, I'm okay. like I could see people. I'm sure you are. Um, I, I guess I, I've watched, I, I kind of fell off the AEW watching it. It did not hold my interest. I was one of the viewers that helped with their drop. Um, I just, but I mean, there the was a period. Okay, you're gonna see if anybody pushes back. We'll see. Come at me, I dare you. We'll see what happens. Anyway, we'll give it. But, time. but yeah, like, yeah, I think with a question. And I made this argument four years ago, five years ago. Uh, yeah, because you've been touting them as the forever. greatest for a long time. I, I, it is so weird because uh, to think about how long we've been on the show that I've been able to, that I'm able to say like four years ago, five years ago, just like when I uh, just like when I called Roman Reigns as 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 an it guy, and you credited somebody else, but that's okay. I did. Um, I'm not Andy bitter. Kirchel. You're I, welcome, I, Andy. Kirchel. I haven't moved on. No, no, he's dead to me. Okay, that's fine. So, so the story is going to continue. We don't know what's up with Kevin and Sammy. We don't know. We know that what they did on SmackDown the week before last was absolute brilliance. Better than I thought. I figured it was going to be Jimmy and Solo defending the titles against Braun and Ricochet. But no, like Jimmy's out there by himself. And then Jay comes out through the crowd because Jay is still Jimmy's brother. And and he's still going to defend the titles like... But then the, the whole thing in the parking lot with, with backstage, Sammy, yep. well, not even backstage. There was, they did it or in the, the parking trucks. garage. Yeah. Like, so, like a movie, right. right. Where like Sammy's like yeah. this outcast sneaking around. They do the fist bump and they go like, we still don't know where Jay is. We still don't know where his head is anyway. Um, we don't know any of that. Will it get resolved by WrestleMania? Probably. I'm still hoping that however they resolve WrestleMania, that it also includes like Naomi attacking somebody and returning and being part of the bloodline because she needs to, she needs to come back. But in my opinion, obviously the choice is hers. Right. But here's the realization I had listening to, to Sammy Zayn's promo on Monday night raw. And we always, we often compare to other eras in the attitude era. Sammy Zayn would have won that match in Montreal. He yes. would have won the championship. He would have lost it on Monday. He probably would have lost it on Raw or SmackDown or sometime before WrestleMania. He would have lost it back. And and and, and Roman Reigns would never have even made it to 900 days in the Attitude Era because it was rare to get to 100 days in the Attitude Era. So it, it just wouldn't have worked. And people are comparing that, you know, what happened in the buildup to, to WrestleMania where, you know, The Rock loses it to Mankind. The Rock wins it back. Then Austin wins it at WrestleMania. Like people, and I made my timelines messed up. I don't know. But people are comparing that. You can't compare the late 90s to 2023. Like you just can't. Everything is different. It's a completely different generation, completely different era at this point. But listening to Sami Zayn, seeing the support for him, knowing that in the Attitude Area he would have won that match, I realized 100% Sami Zayn is Mick Foley. Sami Zayn is this generation's Mick Foley. He's not the hardcore legend. I'm not talking about, you know, exploding dumbass matches in Japan. I'm not talking about any of that. But his position on the card, his position in the company, and his position in the hearts of the fans, he is Mick Foley 2023. That's what he is. Yeah. He's that, uh, yeah, and he he can do, he, he can do everything character wise that Mick did, you know, like you, you just, you mentioned, he's not the hardcore legend, but he, he can go from the lovable underdog that the big time main eventers believe in and can get behind, um, you know, a la DX supporting him versus what versus the rock. I do believe um, he can be, Kind of like he can be a a dirty heel, yeah, you know. He maybe sold not the soul a great man at one point. Yeah, maybe maybe not a maybe not a pull your hair out in the steam tunnel sort of guy or that sort of stuff. But like conspiracy conspiracy theory, Sammy, yeah. um, selling your soul to 
to Roman Reigns to get some of your, you know, credibility back, basically, is is the argument. Because um, Sammy, in character, didn't want to keep doing yeah. jackass shit, as Roman said to him right. at the Royal Rumble, exactly. which is one of the greatest lines in the history of this the sport when Roman yeah. says, or just go back to doing jackass shit. Like that was probably not planned and it was so good. And, but it worked. It worked. Even if it, it was, was playing good, good on whoever came up with that line. And it was true. Like, that's the thing. Like the whole thing has been rooted in some form of reality. And I know a lot of people will say, no, Sami Zayn's not McFoley because of the hardcore aspect. But he even sounds like Foley. Like in his, go back and listen to his promo on Raw. He he's flabbergasted by the support by the fans. He never thought this would be him, but now he's here and right. he can do it. He's asking Kevin to come back. His his voice is cracking when he's talking to Kevin. He sounds totally different, like he's hoarse. I mean, it it's all it's all McFoley. McFoley could be your neighbor. So could Sami Zayn. Right. Sami Zayn could be your neighbor, just like just like McFoley. When Absolutely. Kevin Owens, when Kevin Owens comes out and greets Sami Zayn on Raw, I had a moment that I've had many times before, and I'm about to bury the lead by, by bringing this up now. But I've had a moment that I've had many times before, and we've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it again because you and I are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Because I'm Kevin Owens and you're Sami yeah. Zayn in many aspects oh, of life. Yeah. We've never turned on each other, but. No. Physically, appearance, red hair versus dark hair, the whole thing. Like, we are Steen Erico, and we always will be, except we don't break up. But, and I'm not gonna wait outside of a gas station to get Paul McCartney tickets. God, that's such a good story. Oh. <laughs> and what's funny is, is you know, seeing Sami Zayn talk, I am always remembered of that van ride. And and I, not he was just such a nice dude. He was. Like, he was he's just such a, a nice dude. Shirt with like... the number on the back, like he's wearing. Well, glasses. him and him and Steen both. By the way, like it's funny. I'll tell anybody who will listen to me when we get to talking about wrestling, and I will not hold back about bragging about who we've had the opportunity to interview before they were famous, like WWE famous anyway. Yeah. Uh, but one of my favorites is to talk about Kevin Steen. And the amount of time he gave us, you know, at different at different points during his ROH career, to talk to us because he he interviewed with us one at one point when he didn't really have to, um, and gave us more time than he said he was going to give us, and I'll never forget that, and I'll never forget um, the stark contrast between the way he introduced himself to me versus the way a different current WWE star that was also in ring of honor at the same time treated like the way that they treated someone like me, who was just a guy helping put up chairs and asked at the last second to, to stand at a door and pretend to pat people down before letting him into the event. Like I'm very distinct people. I'm reading through the email messages from when we had Kevin Steen on our program in May of 2012 and right. You know, hitting him up, him replying saying, I've got a lot of requests. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then he ends up doing it. And he's saying he, he wanted to do it the next day because he, he, he needed to head out. And then I was like, no, I can't do the next day because we're live. He's like, it's okay. I'll just stay up for it. Like, and then the time we did a follow-up interview and then he had to cancel because of something with his kid and how horrible he felt like, yeah, I still have it in my emails. It's probably still a valid email address. I could probably email it. I'm not going to say it on air, but I should forward it to you. So you can, read yeah, the you should not chain. do that. <laughs> um, I should forward it to you. So you can read the email chain, but, um, this from 2012 when he won the ring of honor world championship, better nowhere. But yeah, like those two guys were, were hilarious and amazing and all of that. And, and I would love to see what he's like backstage now because he's probably still the same guy, he being Kevin Owens. And and I don't know who Kevin Owens is because I don't think he has a comp. But yeah, I, that whole, he is that modern-day Mick Foley. And everybody wanted Foley to win when he did. And everybody wanted right. Sammy to win. When, and he didn't because this is just the way we tell stories nowadays. I do think we're getting some form of payoff at WrestleMania. 
Um, I think we're more likely to see a payoff for Sami Zayn at WrestleMania than we are to see a payoff for Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Can I can I ask a question about Sami Zayn with this Mick Foley comp? Does he get his Mick Foley World Title win ever in his career? I don't know. I'm not saying he needs it. I'm not saying he needs it. I'm saying will he ever get it? I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I don't know how long he's it's a different era. For. I don't know how long he's gonna do this for. That's true. Um, because he's been around. He, his body's taken a lot. He's made a lot of money at this point, especially with his current contract. So he doesn't need to keep doing it forever. He he raises money for different efforts. He's 38 years old, so who knows how long he wants to keep doing this. Yeah. He's got a wife. He's got a son. He's got money. He he raises money for Syria. He does all of that. Um, he'd probably make a hell of an ambassador for the company in the future. He probably might work backstage in the company in the future. Who knows? Um, but given the way they are with title runs right now is what makes me say no. Like the, the two titles being tied up in Roman Reigns for a year does stink. It would have been nice if they had another world title. Um, and, and they'll probably find a way to get back there. Otherwise, I think Cody might be screwed, and that's fine. We can talk about the fact that I actually don't like this Cody Rhodes story that much. I realized that watching it on Monday. Um, yeah. No fault of Cody Rhodes. It's all about Dusty. That's my problem. And right. if Cody's going to win the world, and maybe that's why he loses, because he's trying to do it for his dad, and he needs to do it for Cody. Like, he needs to, that's, right. that's why he needs to win the title. Plus I selfishly want Roman Reigns to make it to 1,424 days and beat Hogan's record. So whatever. Um, you want to be right. And I want to be right. I want to, ha- cause I said early on, he's going to beat Hogan's record. Just like I said, you know, Seth Rollins going to cash in money and make a WrestleMania. And, and yeah, I want to be right. I also think that there's so much more story you can tell with her. Everyone thinks that when Sammy and the bloodline is over, so is Roman. What? Like, there's so much more you can no. still do with Roman. Yeah, that's, that's crazy If talk. anything, Sammy and the Bloodline has just delayed other feuds that he would need to have to keep this title right. around and made it easier for them to get to that point. There, there are tons of... We still, haven't reckon, we still haven't resolved the issue of the fact that he can't beat Seth Rollins. Yep. The one person he can't... The only person who's beaten him during his title run is Seth Rollins, beat him by DQ, and then John Cena and Kevin Owens, they won the tag match, but they pinned Sami Zayn. Like, he can't beat Rollins. We, we never got to the Sheamus match that they were setting up with the money in the, with the War Games build because we went to Kevin Owens because of the Sami story. There's so much more you can do, and, and there's so much more story that you can tell. God, call up Braun Breaker. Imagine if his first feud is with a, a short feud with Roman Reigns. He doesn't have to win, oh. but, like, that would be great. It'd be super fun. It would be. It would be, and then Braun would be off doing whatever. Like, there's so much that they can do, and there, there's so much that they potential that they have. But, um, yes, Sami Zayn is Mick Foley. Let's go to commercial, and let's come back and do the list. Me. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. I realize I just cut off the whole commercial. I don't care. Um, the actual commercial. Guess we're not paying those bills air. today. Yeah. Well, the regular commercial will air. Oh, those, the, yeah, the those, those other one won't, but it, it's fine. Chairshot.com. I wish you your head. So this week's list is a Patrick O'Dowd list. Of course, two weeks ago, our last broadcast, it was my list. So. As you know, Patrick will have the topic. We will alternate turns, putting things onto the list. Then we will put the list in order. And we will tell all six things. Congratulations. You just made the list. So, Patrick O'Dowd, what is the list for today? This week's list is um, wrestling royalty. But wrestling royalty in the form of gimmicks. So, wrestling kings and wrestling queens, princes, dukes. Earls, you name it. Yes. Um, don't even know why. They literally, you were like, what do you want to do for a list? And I'm like, eh, let's do this. Yeah, no. That's I how the list was determined today. That's perfect. That That's that's as random as the list itself. So I'm, I'm calling it Wrestling's Royal Gimmicks. So this way we can not, because you know, Cody Rhodes, Fair. wrestling has more than one royal family. Like it's going to. Right, right, we right. could do wrestling royal families at some point. Trust me. Maybe we'll do it for WrestleMania. Who knows? But 
All right, so we're going to put six things on the list. I will go first. And and it's it's not obvious, but it's somewhat obvious. One of my favorite kings of all time. It's more modern to give you the old ones that you always like to pull out, which is fine. And if you don't, I will. But I am going to add the first name on the list will be the gimmick that finally got this man to win a world title in the WWE after having already won like five in, in WCW. And that is none other than King Booker. When Booker T became King Booker and was one of my favorite iterations ever of Booker T in the WWE. No, King no, no, no. Booker. You didn't say it. Yeah, I was like, say it right. Uh, I was going to break my own rule uh, with this one and actually do the couple because I actually can't see King Booker without Queen Charmel. Okay, I'll put her on there. Um, a different, like, I, I literally had it written down I, uh, as, as my choice. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of obvious choices here. Yes. For for my first selection, I'm break. I, I'm going to. Uh, I am going to go way back, not way way back, but uh, I am going back to my favorite period of time during the WWE, the late '80s, early '90s. And I knew you would. It's once just a matter a, of which king you go with. So so like once upon a time, hacksaw Jim Duggan was a king of the ring, and he lost his crown to one macho man. Randy Savage, Macho who Man, became, who became the Macho King, Randy Savage, with the crown and the scepter that he busted over the head over one Ultimate Warrior in the Royal Rumble. What a moment! Macho King Randy Savage also had him listed with his queen, but I will not name her. Okay, that's fine. That is fine. I am. Oh man, there's a couple. There's a couple that I could think of and doing, but Hey, Mabel. I get you. King Mabel. Not gonna do King Mabel. <laughs> Damn it. Would probably do Iceman King Parsons before I did King Mabel. Or King Kong Bundy. Nice. Which I thought about as well. Yep. Um, but no, I am going to go old as well. And I will go it's a couple different kings that I really want to put the obvious one on there. I really do. That really started this whole thing. But I just have an affinity for a later king who I don't believe actually won the kingship whatsoever. I believe it was just handed to him when the number one toughest individual in the history of pro wrestling became King Haku. <laughs> so yes. I am going to go with King Haku. I love when he would get brought in on the throne. Yes, which which we now know thanks to, thanks to something they wrestle with is actually called the sedan. Whenever someone's carried yes. in like that, but King Haku is my next person on the list. The best thing to happen to Owen Hart was turning heel. Okay, one of the best promos of all time for Owen Hart was when he won King of the Ring and declared himself the king of hearts in a very passionate, angry promo when he was really going through that getting out of Brett's shadow thing and loved him when he was the king of hearts. So I'm going with Owen, the king of hearts. All right. So now I've got one spot left and a lot of possibilities and it's you really do. between two for me. It really is. <clears throat> Um, three, but I'm excluding really the original King completely, but I, geez, do I go with a recent King who didn't really last that long because of some drug issues or do I go with the older King who really started it all? I'm going with the older King, King Harley race is my final submission for the list. Of course he came to the WWF after many years of being atop the NWA, they couldn't put a world title on him because it was the Hogan era. So they made him King. He did win the King of the ring tournament. It was not the, the pay-per-view that it was. It was a house show event. 
There were many of those that would take place throughout the years. He did win, I think, two of them or something and became King of the Ring that way. But King Harley Race is going to be my final submission. All right. Well, out of the list of six names that I wrote down, I only have two left. Okay. Because I took Harley Race and I took King Booker. King Booker was on my list. King Harley Race was on my list. I did Macho have King and King of Hearts. I obviously. did have Macho King on my list as well. So. so now it comes down to this: do I do I go with a a, a guy who really didn't call himself a king or a king of kings? It was just part of his introduction and um, music when he when he came to the ring. Or do I do, you talked about OGs, and there is, there is a king of Memphis wrestling, uh, and, and I just would be remiss if I didn't include him. So I think I'm going to leave Triple H off and go with the king, Jerry Lawler, the king of Memphis wrestling, who would bring his crown to the WWE, get into a kiss-my-foot match, get into all sorts of legal trouble that pulled him out of Survivor Series that really turned out to not be as you know, right. bad as it was, but or bad as it was made out to be. And came back, got fired for his girlfriend, came back, trying to, you know, recovering from a stroke, kicked out of that, probably wants to wrestle tomorrow. <laughs> King Jerry Law. Had a heart attack on air. Yeah, had a heart attack on air. That is correct. Jerry the King. King Jerry Lawler. So, yeah. yeah Jerry who, the King well, well, because we don't have a commercial to go to because we had two topics that we talked about being in the show. Um, we know Triple H didn't make your list. Um, great, great, great call, by the way. I didn't even have him, but God, King of Kings was, was such a great Behold idea. the King. Right? The that King of Kings. Maybe he wore a crown at times. I had on my list as well. One that is very similar to, to Triple H, just more of a modern day. The Queen Charlotte Flair was on my list. Yep. And she did not make the six that we have here to choose from. Um, I did have, and one of the ones that I abandoned about with my last choice was King William Regal from when he won the King of the Ring. But that didn't yep. last, unfortunately, and that, that went away. I did consider Queen Zelina and King Woods the prior two um, winners of, of those, but... King Woods, especially because he literally started talking like a king after that. It's all he ever wanted was to be king of the ring, and he got to. Um, but ended up with with who we have. So, any others that you? I also uh, Queen Sherry. Yes, uh, and, and very much because the presentation of the Macho King was just doubly great with Queen Sherry. Uh, you know, we Sherry. talked about we talked about the Ultimate Warrior. And, you know, and Savage hitting him with the scepter, almost as memorable as Sherry begging at Warrior's feet to give Macho King an opportunity at the title and Warrior kind of convulsing, like, I don't even know what, like he was having a seizure, to then yell no in her face. Uh, but just loved every bit of it. And she's part of one of the great, like, sappy wrestling storylines of all time with uh with the return of Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania 7. So that was the other name I had on my list and and almost since I since I told you that you had to put Queen Charmel with King Booker I, I felt like it would be you didn't redundant tell me I had to, to. Then do it you with just Queen told me you would have and I thought it was a great idea I would have put Queen Charmel with yep. um was Sherry Martell no obviously she wasn't but she made anybody better whenever she was paired with them. She really did. She really did. She, she, she really she was a star maker. She was so good at everything. Speaking you of good episodes. Her, could you imagine her paired with Rick the Model Martell? Despite the same last names, but like different gimmick completely they, yes. than she did. That would have been phenomenal. Would have been fucking gold. Probably could have got and, him to world title level in the WWF. Probably, yeah. It's it's amazing yeah. what she could do for for any talent that she was paired with. Uh, like you're, she's with Harlem heat. And I was like, okay. Like and for a minute, I was like, ah, no. Okay. 
And, and that shit worked. Uh, you know, stupid subplot with Colonel Rob Parker notwithstanding. But Sherry Martell with, you know, Harlemite with Shawn Michaels with, um, yeah, you name it. Ted DiBiase. She was briefly with the Million Dollar Man yeah. for a while. Um, love her. Good episode of 83 Weeks uh, with him when they get to talking about Sherry Martell. Because they did an episode dedicated to her, yeah. I think, last week. Yeah, it was it was good. And, then, and she comes up a lot just on that program in general because she was always so involved in everything. Um, so, very good. All right, so let's now take our list, our six items. Do you have them down? Do you need me to restate them? Nope, I got them. King Booker, Macho King, Randy Savage, King Haku, Owen Hart, King Harley Race, Jerry the King Waller. And now we're going to put them in order. So this is Patrick O'Dowd's topic. So Patrick O'Dowd will go first, and then we will alternate putting this list in order. Wrestling's Royal Gimmicks. You just made the list. Who's number one? I'm going to double down on my second pick. Okay. Because I loved Owen the King of Hearts and and that that run and launching pad for him as a character and okay. i he's my favorite king i am going to stick with my first pick as number 2 and that will be king booker and queen charmel as number 2 i'm going to go with king harley race at number 3 all right king harley race number 3 then i am going to put the Macho King Randy Savage at number four because I feel like he cannot fall any longer. Um, the right. Macho King will be number four on our list. Which is why Jerry the King Waller is going to be number five. I feel like we may have done them a little dirty. That's okay. It's our list. It's our list. It's not a top six. We're just putting this list of six in order, which means my final choice will be King Haku. Bringing up the rear. So, to summarize, number one, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Number two, King Booker and Queen Charmel. Number three, King Harley Race. Number four, the Macho King Randy Savage. Number five, Jerry the King Lawler. And number six, King Haku. Congratulations to all seven of you. You just made the list. I love these lists. I really do. Like maybe more than I should. They're just too much fun. Dude, it, I love doing list shows. But it's like a I, mini I list, right? It's like a mini list show. It, it's right. not even. It's kind of it's kind of my thing on the chair shot, yeah. really. Like I've got this. I got five by fives. Um, got to talk to you. I got a. I had a pretty. Had a fun five by five with Asa that yeah. I that I just recorded this past week. Oh, nice. I liked it. It's a good time. Good. I got to got to talk to you about a place to post it, but we'll figure it out. We'll we can talk that. Out. Yeah, we'll find a place. All right, gentlemen. No rush because there's no date. Three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three. Real quick for the three-minute warning today, Patrick O'Dowd, we are recording this on Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. Overnight for us, regular time for the folks in Japan. A career has finally come to a close. One of my all-time favorite wrestlers one of, of of a wrestler who came to America from Japan and captured the hearts of American fans because he was unlike anything we had ever seen, not just from his presentation, but also his in-ring style. The great Muda, Keiji Mudo, has wrestled his final match. Well, his final match is in Japan at a Pro Wrestling Noah event at the Tokyo Dome. His last match ever was a loss. His last official match was a loss to Tetsuya Naito. Um, but then... During his, his farewell promo, he actually invited old friend of his, Masahiro Chono, into the ring. Chono retired due to injuries and other things. Never fully got a retirement, big show retirement ceremony. So Muda challenged him to a match on the spot. Tiger Hitori came in to officiate. They had a quick little match. Keiji Muda tapped out to the STF. And giving Masahiro Chono one last opportunity. And the the career that spanned more than four decades is now over. The great Muda has officially retired. Two names for me that, that introduced me to Japanese wrestling in the 90s. 
early nineties. Uh, Muda, or Jushin Thunder Liger, Liger was was one, uh, and then the Great Muda. And you know, WCW did a lot of things that that was bad. Having those guys come from Japan was 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 not one of those things, and it was it was amazing. And it was like you said, it was unlike anything you ever saw. And I remember distinctly him being matched up with Sting uh, on a few occasions, but the only one that's kind of readily available to find, I believe, is at a Great American Bash. If I is that where they wrestled, or was it a They've wrestled multiple times, but I think the famous match that everyone, the famous match that everybody really refers to is Great American Bash because, and the reason I know it's Great American Bash is because there was a war game show because there were two rings or it was a double battle royal show, whatever it was, because there were two rings that were in the, in the arena when they had that match, they've had multiple matches, um, but the one that most people talk about and really showed, you know, he, he as much as anybody showed that Sting was more than a pound his chest guy. Like he can you can talk a lot about what Flair did for for Sting's career, and that's absolutely correct. But Muda brought out something different in him that elevated him in a way that was just different than the way that Flair and, and Sting elevated each other. So yeah, it's a it's a terrific career. It's awesome um, that he got to go out on his own terms. Uh, and that he got to have a nice moment with Chono as well to to call it a career. That's that's terrific. And obviously something that he would probably wanted and did that didn't give a farewell speech or anything. Just just walked up the ramp. Um, of course, also gave us the Muda scale, which is the famous scale of bleeding, um, which is so popular it's made its way to Urban Dictionary. Um, so so, but the great Muda career that obviously as a young child very young child captured my imagination and um, has, has only continued to do that for many, many years to come influenced so many others. Um, basically anybody who wears face paint these days, face paint these days was influenced by either the road warriors or the great Muda. And you can tell the difference because if they paint the entire face, they're influenced by the great Muda. If it's a partial paint job on the face, it's the road warriors. Um, Oscar is getting ready to wrestle a marquee match at WrestleMania 39 against Bianca Belair after winning Elimination Chamber has full face paint and mist. Yeah. Couldn't be influenced by Muda at no, all. No, not at all. And I do firmly believe that now that this retirement match has taken place, in the next couple of weeks, I fully expect the great Muda to be announced as a Hall of Fame inductee for the this year's Hall of Fame class, if not next year, but I think they do it this year. I do. I think we'll get Dave Batista. I think we'll get Great Muda as part of this year's Hall of Fame class. Who knows? They uh sorry, I'm just kind of going back to the way. I also I forgot about the uh the round robin tournament oh, with yeah. Sting, Flair, and Muda, where Muda lost every and Luger match. too. Yeah. Yeah, Muda was then both sides, well, the tag team and the singles, ended up with somebody with zero points. I think it was Doom on the guy right. side on the on the tag team side. Sadly. Right. But is what it is, right? What can you do? So, and with that, we are done. So, again, we appreciate you listening. Remember the, the, the part of the part, part of McFoley is now being played by Sami Zayn. And I hope you enjoyed our list of wrestling royalty. Oh, and Ariel Hawani and Tony Khan. We forgot about that. We talked about that as well. And of course, yep. the finalization of the career of the great Muda. So, go out there. On the Twitter, follow at Chairshot Media and go follow the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. Give him some more real followers. If you know any bots, if you could have them follow him too, that would be greatly appreciated. You can do all of that and more at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T because there's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist and there is one in Patrick for the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. Follow me at Greg DeMarco44. Keep tuning in everything we have for you here at the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can find, of course, on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Until next time, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you around. Always use your head. You got no choice, babe.
just made the list. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Shut your dumb mouth. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.